Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen, amen. Welcome everybody to Easter weekend celebration. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. This is Celebration Sunday. Celebrate the resurrection. We need to shout like we've had something resurrected in our life, right? Like he brought something back to life. Amen. Man, we're thankful that you're here. Super excited about today. We've been praying and planning for a long time. We know that God brought you here. You may say, no, they made me. It's Easter. But however you got here, we know it was God's plan for you to be here, and he's got something great for you. We've already been super blessed in some of our time of worship, and I just want to encourage you to continue to open up your heart to receive everything that God has for you. Uh, just a quick reminder, you saw on the screen, you can go to our website and get all the things that are happening at Tree of Life, or you can download the app and do that as well. Uh, first Wednesday is this coming week. When I invite you out Wednesday night, our first Wednesday format, we have the, the Holy Right Reverend Dustin Martin going to bring the word on Wednesday. So, amen. It's going to be fantastic. You want to come out and be a part of that for sure. And then we have, uh, as you saw, water baptism is coming up next week. And so a lot of you have recently given your life to Christ or you've made a deeper commitment to walk with him. And then I'm believing many today, many in our first service did, many today will have a chance to give your life to Jesus. And I just want to jump right on in. Eh? Next week, jump right on in through water baptism. And we'll share a little bit more with you about that at the end of the service. Uh, one thing I want to do, we did this last year. You know, this is the Sunday that we have more people come than any other time, more of the church family comes out at one time, and then we have a lot of visitors today. And so we want to take an opportunity to ask for your help. And, and I just want to let you know this is a no-hassle-free guarantee. We're not going to, it's not a gimmick to try and get something out of you. But we really want to make sure that we're meeting the needs of not only the people in the church, but our community and surrounding area. And Jesus did this. When Jesus was talking to his disciples, they would ask him questions. And out of those questions, he would bring a teaching. He would bring a parent. And he would meet the needs uh, through his ministry, ministering and teaching that people are experiencing today. Because I think the church is notorious for answering questions nobody's asking. And so we've created a survey last year, and then again, you'll have it this year. It doesn't ask for any personal information on there except where you live, because we uh, actually have a lot of uh, people in the surrounding communities, and we want to be a blessing in your area. And then just let us know a little bit about you. Just simply circle an age range, and be honest, God's watching. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. so, uh, but we want you to help us with this information. And what we do with this is we hear from you and the things that you're facing and walking through life that you want biblical answers for. And so in the fall, we put together a series called You Asked For It. And we take the four top vote getters, if you will, and we create a series around that and teach on that. And then also the second part of it, we'll ask you just what kind of themes are, are you ex- wanting to hear from the word as you're experiencing in life. And so that'll help us as we plan the next year. Now, understand this, we do pray and we believe the Holy Spirit re- reveals things to us, but I also believe he can work through you. And so again, we want to make sure that we're meeting the needs of the people, not just here at the church, but in our area. We want to be a blessing to you. And so, uh, especially if you're not part of this church, maybe you're just a visitor today, um, that really means we want to hear from you especially. And so make sure it doesn't take any time to fill this out. Again, there's no personal information that we're going to get from you on this. Another way you can do that, there's a, there's a, a handout on the seat back in front of you. Um, you can also download the app. There's a place that you can log on on the app and do the survey online. Or um, you can text 
to 54900. Just text the word survey, and that'll come right to you on your phone. So uh, it doesn't take any time. Just help us out. Again, we want to be a blessing. We want to meet the needs, not only those here, but in the surrounding area, you know, as a church and how we can help you grow in the things of God. Okay? Thank you for that in advance for taking the time to do that. All right. You know, today is, it is an amazing day. And really, uh, you know, throughout the course of the year, every time we celebrate, every time we get together, we celebrate uh, the resurrection power of Jesus. Amen? Uh, But obviously this weekend, Easter weekend, there's really two components to it. There's a Good Friday, a Friday night, which speaks to uh, the event of the cross where Jesus paid the price for sin. Aren't you glad for that? That all men have sinned, fallen short, and the price, there is a price that has to be paid, and the price is a life. And Jesus loved you and I so much, he didn't want you to pay your life for for it, so he paid his life for it. Amen? And so we're thankful. And I think, I think about that a lot when I think of the price Jesus paid and that he made a way. He's the only one that could do that uh, for you and I not to have to pay that price. Um, but some people are insistent on paying their own price. And I, and I think of it this way. You know, God doesn't send people to hell because he's mad at them. People go to hell because they want to pay their own price for sin. And I just want you to know that because Jesus already paid it so you didn't have to. And that's what we celebrate on, on Friday. Recently, my, my wife and I, we, we purchased a home we'd been planning and saving for a while, and we were able to purchase a home. And, and it would have been nice to go to the bank and ready to sign the papers and say, oh, hey, somebody already paid the price for you. <laughs> Can I tell you, at that moment, I would have said, no, we're still going to pay the price anyways. And I just think that the reality of that Jesus paid your price for sin, and that's a Good Friday experience, and and your life can be changed in a moment, in a moment in time. But today we're celebrating the Sunday experience, and I think most of us really focus on the Friday night, but I understand the Sunday experience is equally important. It's when we talk about the resurrection power, that Jesus came up from the grave and resurrection power. It is the power for you and I to live life, because there is a Friday experience that in a moment's notice, and you'll get a chance today, our life can be changed but then we still have a life to live on this earth. And it doesn't have to be full of the hurts and pains and destruction and ruin that our life had been before Jesus. But there's a power that's made available to you and I, if you will, through your relationship with Christ to every day allow him to restore or rebuild the ruins of our life. And so really that's what we look at celebrating today. And much of what we talk about uh, this morning is going to be talking about that resurrection power that we all need, we all need to engage in and allowing God to rebuild the ruins of our life. You don't have to walk out a life continuing in hurt and pain. And here's what I hear sometimes. People say, you know, that's great. I'm, I'm thankful that I'm going to heaven. I'm thankful I'm going to heaven, but man, my life is, is really bad. I've, I've made a mess of it. And can I tell you today that that same resurrection power that brought Jesus out of the grave lives and dwells inside of you that have made a Good Friday decision for your life to be lived in victory, amen? And so there's a divine exchange that, that happens in that time. And, and, and so the idea, kind of sometimes I, I think about this idea of, well, if Friday was so complete in its activity of, of you know, salvation and paying for the price and the, the broken, bruised body of Jesus and what I did. If it's so powerful, and it is, and if it's so complete, then why did there need to be a Sunday experience? Then if Jesus paid the price and stuff, why did he have to then rise again from the grave or be raised from the grave? And I think there's a couple answers, and people all over the world today will be talking about the answers to that question. And one of the reasons I believe there had to be a Sunday is to prove he really is who he claims to be. He really is the only true and living God. He is the one he said he would come back to life again. 
And, and he's the one that's the, able to back up his claims. No other God is able to back up the claims of coming back to life again. He is, therefore, the only God. To, Two years ago, my wife and I had an opportunity to go to Israel, and I just want to let you know, as a personal observer, that that tomb, by the way, is empty. Just, I want to let you know that. I was there. You can trust me. It is empty, and he is who he says he is. He did rise from the grave, and there is an empty tomb, and so he proved who he was. He was who he said he was. And now, people will say that that's not true. Come on. That's just a fairy tale, a myth, and it's a false myth, but I just want to tell you, the Bible uh, gives us several observations or instances where people actually saw Jesus after he returned from the grave uh, walking the earth for the next 40 days. In fact, even historical writings will point to the, the biblical reality of people seeing and observing Jesus. In fact, if you do the research, you can find over 400 personal accounts of people seeing Jesus alive again after his resurrection. And in fact, Acts 1-3 says this, let's take a look. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive, that he is alive, amen? Because of the resurrection, he is alive. There is proof, many convincing proofs that he is alive today, amen? And we celebrate that. But why did Jesus have to rise from the dead? Why was there another experience other than the Friday experience needed? And I believe to conquer death for himself and for us. Jesus needed to conquer death for himself and for us. And this is important to understand, and I think even many people who've had the Friday experience don't understand this Sunday experience like they should. I really think that on this weekend, many people just celebrate the historical reality of Easter But we should be celebrating more than just that. Easter exists to provide power for you to come alive as well, amen? For your life to come back to life. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're calling today, back to life. He conquered death for himself and for you. Look what he says about this, in fact, in the scripture, in Revelation 1.18, when he appears to John. He says this, I am he who lives, I was dead, And I live now, he's talking about a Friday experience and then coming back to life on the resurrection Sunday. I am alive forevermore, amen. I love that. Jesus amens himself. Can I tell you that's really comforting to a pastor because sometimes you just got to amen yourself. Gets a little quiet out there at times, so I'm thankful that Jesus did that, set the precedent. So sometimes I need to amen myself. But then he goes on to say this, and I love the humor in the scripture. I don't know if you read it the way I read it, but I love the amen part. And then he goes on to say, says this, and I have the keys of hell and death, Hades and death. have the keys of hell and death. Jesus went down between Friday and Sunday and defeated the enemy, conquered death, so you and I can have the opportunity to come back to life. But here's what I find funny about that. He went down and got the keys. And so to me, that's funny. Have you ever lost your keys? What a horrible feeling that is, right? I mean, it's just like panic and stuff. Can I tell you, it's so funny. The devil is so defeated. Jesus took his keys to his house. And he's like, I don't, I don't, for all eternity, all eternity, the devil's going to be looking for his keys. Where are my keys at? Where did I put those? And Jesus is going to be dangling them out there. And he did that. Then not torment the devil, I believe, but he did that. So you and I have the ability to have life again. And, and, and understand this, what, what Jesus did was not just for himself, he did it for you and I. And keys are used to unlock something. And so he did that so he could unlock the dead and dying things in our life and they'd be brought back to life again. He did it so we could have a Sunday experience like he did. 
And so he has the keys so you and I can have a Sunday experience like he did. Now that's the reality that we need to understand, you and I, is basically Jesus saying, there's a Sunday experience where I was resurrected so that I could possess the power to unlock death for everyone, everyone. And that's important to a lot of people because a lot of people that had a Friday experience sometimes kind of settle in there. And there's more to life than just your Friday experience. I mean, we're thankful for that, but there's more to life than just that. And we need to understand that Jesus wants to unlock life into the areas of your life that are, you feel are in ruins or have been hurt or in destruction. And there's all kinds of things that are going on in our life. So you've experienced the Friday reality, perhaps, but not the Sunday reality. And I want to hopefully help convey how Sunday can be the reality for us as well. And all throughout the Bible, you see that. All throughout the Bible, it doesn't just stop with a salvation experience. When you read the New Testament, it doesn't stop just at a salvation experience and just getting saved. It it doesn't want you just to be saved. It doesn't want you just to be a church member. It doesn't want you to be just a religious person or some fanatical person. In fact, the Bible wants so much more for you. It doesn't want you just to believe. It wants you to grow in this process of rebuilding life. And look at what Paul says in Philippians 3.10. He says this, I want to know Christ. He says, I want the Friday experience. I want to experience everything, the forgiveness provided for me, the payment for my sin. I want that, yes, but I also want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know how to live out this life in victory. I want to know how the areas of my life that are either dead or dying can come back to life again. I want to know that the ruined places, the hurtful, painful places in my life, how can they come back to life? I'm thankful that I'm saved and going to heaven, but can I tell you, God wants so much more for you while you're on the earth. Heaven's going to be great one day, but earth can have a back-to-life experience because of the resurrection power of Jesus, the Sunday experience for our lives. And a lot of us have had the Friday experience, but it goes, we think life goes from life to death, but he wants to turn it around from death to life. Now, here's my question for you today then. Have you had the Friday experience or do you know Christ? I mean, that's the starting point. There's not a Sunday without a Friday. And that's the starting point. Do you know Christ. And if not, if you don't know him in a personal way and experiencing that Friday night um, experience, if you will, then you can by the time that we're done today. In a simple decision, in a moment, you can have your life changed. In a moment, your sins can be forgiven. You can have the reality of Friday. You can do that later in service. And a lot of us have already had that. I know that on an Easter Sunday, it is one of the biggest Sundays or the biggest Sunday of the year, not just because of how many visitors come, but a lot of people really make it a point to come to church on the, sa- on the same day, people in that church. So I know sitting out here today, there's a lot of you that have already had a Friday experience. So the real question I want to ask everyone, whether you've had a Friday experience or, or not, I want to ask you this question. Do you know the power of his resurrection? Do you know and experience the power of his resurrection? Now, for some of us, it needs a Friday experience first, but for the rest of us, we still perhaps need to experience the resurrection life that he promises you and I, and that he reveals to us through the resurrection that we can have a life that our lives are put back together. So after you give your heart to Jesus, did you allow the resurrection power to come in your life to confront the things that are dead or dying? You know, honestly, I hear from people all the time, uh, just because of what I do, I'm talking to people on the team, hey, pastor, you know what? I'm thankful that I'm saved. I'm thankful that I'm going to heaven, but my life is a mess. 
I hear people actually even say these words, man, my life is in ruins. The decision I've made, I'm thankful that Jesus is my savior, but you know what? I've made some decisions. I've I've probably gone too far. I've done too much already. I don't think this can turn around. And I hear people all the time use this word that my life is in ruins. My life is in shambles. Life is pretty much ruined, but at least I'm going to heaven. I've really made a mess. But you heard what we sang today. You heard in one of those songs that from the ashes of defeat, the resurrected king is resurrecting me. In your name, I come alive. The resurrection power that happened on Sunday is power to bring you back to life. And I, people th- I, I think people think that they, they can be forgiven, but they can't get their life back. I think people think that they, thank God I'm going to heaven, but there's not a whole lot I can do with this mess of life I here have on the earth. I think people think that they've made choices that even though they've gotten saved, it's not really going to change the life that they have set in motion. I want to tell you that's not true because of the resurrection. I think there's still hope. If you feel life is ruined, and I hear people say this, my marriage is ruined. My family is ruined. My, my morals are ruined because of decisions. My emotions are ruined. My, my, my relationships are ruined. My finances are ruined. I hear that all the time. I've already made my choices. I blew it. Look at what ruins, ruined means. The definition of ruin is something reduced down to a state of decay, collapse, or disintegration. Or my people will say, I'm in ruins, my life. The disastrous disintegration of someone's life is another definition for it. You know, just over a week ago, uh, I don't know, maybe about 10 days, my family, we got back, uh, it's our annual trip to India. We go about this time of the year to India, and we have uh, a conference that we host over there, speaking to church planters, and particularly ones that we support in reaching unreached people groups. And on the way home, it's such a long trip halfway around the world, on the way home, depending on the flight uh, itinerary, uh, it typically lays over in New York. So we, we fly into New York, fly to Delhi, fly back to New York. And so because of the, the trip is so long and we wanna take advantage of the opportunity, we save our money and we plan, so we extend our layover and then we have a couple days, and typically it's been in New York. This year, for some reason, they, they moved our itinerary to return home to, to change planes in Frankfurt, Germany. And we'd never been to Europe or Germany, and we thought, you know, that might be kind of interesting to spend some time there. And so we adjusted our layover, and we made plans and arrangements for our family to spend a couple days in, in Frankfurt, Germany. Well, we were going to Frankfurt, and people said, hey, if you're going to Frankfurt, Germany, you need to go to Heidelberg. It's about an hour away, and, in, and Heidelberg's just a really cool place. And we found it to be that. We really enjoyed it. So we were in Heidelberg. And I'm a real history guy, so I was excited about all the things that happened in Heidelberg, and I was looking up stuff on the internet and getting there, and one of the things that fascinated me was the Heidelberg Castle. It is pretty famous from what I understand. And so I brought some pictures back for you. My family, here's Heidelberg Castle. We're in Old Town Heidelberg, and here's the castle. It's pretty cool. It's got, it's got some part that's kind of been redone, restored, and then it's got a lot of ruins to it. You can see some ruins here on the end. This is a day that was really snowy, so it's not a real clear picture. The next one is more clear. But here's where we were a little bit of a closer shot, so you can see the castle. So we're there just not, you know, just over a week ago looking up, and I'm looking at this castle, and we took time to go up to see it and looking at all these ruins. And the story of the Heidelberg Castle, as I learned there, and then just through my own research was that it was built in the 1200s and then uh, years later it was destroyed by fire and then it was rebuilt and then it was destroyed in war and then it was rebuilt and destroyed by fire and then it was rebuilt and captured in war and then it was rebuilt and destroyed by the French and then it was rebuilt and destroyed by fire and then finally in the 1700s they thought we're just not going to rebuild this thing anymore. It's just it's always in ruins now and so they just left it. And the interesting thing to me that, that struck me when I was there and getting ready for the message today was, I think that's how people see their lives. 
we live life and we have all these expectations and things, and it was a beautiful structure in its day when it was created. We saw renderings of it and all that, but if we're not careful at times, then we find ourselves in situations that bring kind of some hurt or pain to our life, and, and then we'll work hard to try and rebuild it, and then we'll experience something else in life, and it's like my marriage, I, I mean, we were going through a tough patch, and then things were going good, and then I made a really stupid decision, and here we are again. Or my finances, I worked really hard to get out of debt, and then we made some poor decisions, and now we're in debt more than we ever have been again. Or my kids, we, we kind of reconnected for a little bit here, and then I think just this strife and tension and things that I did, and now we have no relationship. And what I think happens in our lives is we're not careful is because there's so many challenges and so many opportunities for pain and hurt that eventually we just leave and we just thought there's no reason anymore, there's no point in rebuilding. My life is just in ruins. It's the way it's going to be. And I think too many of us live that way. The truth is that because of life and decisions and even things that happen to you or through you and stuff, the truth is your life can come to a point of ruin, but the truth is also that it doesn't have to stay that way. Because of the resurrection power of Jesus, you have the power and ability through life then to allow him to come in and help rebuild and restore the places of ruin in your life. And that's the beauty of the Sunday experience. Oh, we're thankful that we're going to heaven because of the Friday experience, and that's the starting point. But can I tell you, there's so much more for you and I that God wants. There's so much more for you and I that Jesus wants, that God raised him from the dead so that we can go through a restoration process, that we don't have to live lives that are in ruin or in destruction, that God can come in if we'll allow him and trust him through a process and restore the broken places in our lives. The broken marriages, the broken relationships with friends, with kids, whatever you want to say, God can come and restore the ruined places of your life. But only he can do that. And I think it's important for us to understand that that's exactly one of the reasons why Jesus came, not just to save us, but to help us rebuild the ruins of our life. And I want you to believe that resurrection power can take all the dead things and broken things in your life and bring them back to life. Only Jesus can take the ruins and bring them back to life. And here's our prayer for you today in, in Ephesians 1. Look what the word says, Ephesians 1, verse 19, 20, the New Living Translation. And here's the Apostle Paul, it's the Ephesian prayers, and he, he prays this, he prays a few things before, and at 19 he says this, I also pray that you will understand, and that's our prayer today, my prayer is that you will understand not just the Friday experience, but you'll understand the Sunday resurrection experience. I pray that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power, the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. He came back from the dead, not just so he would be resurrected back to life, but so you would be resurrected back to life. And my prayer is that you will understand the resurrection power. It goes on to say this, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. That you will understand that through the Sunday experience, you can have the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead operating in your life to rebuild the broken places in the ruins of your life. The Sunday experience. Don't just stop on Friday, but understand, as Paul says, the incredible great power that's available for you and I to rebuild our lives. And here's my point. I think many of us stop at the belief part or the Friday experience and never get to the Sunday experience. And we can have a Friday experience and never walk in the victory in our life the Sunday experience provides. And I love that it says the same power. I don't know how much power it would have taken to get Jesus out of that grave, but I know it wasn't a one-time thing. 
I know it wasn't a one-time thing. I know it's the same power available, the Bible says, to all the broken places, all the dead and dying places in our life. It's available for your marriage. It's available for your family. It's available for your relationships. It's available for your emotions. It's available for your morals. It's available for your finances. The Sunday experience is available to all who will believe and engage in that process. Friday night happened in a moment, but the Sunday experience, the resurrection power, is there to happen for a lifetime, to rebuild the ruins of our lives and restore them. And I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. In fact, there's living proof all over this room. There's living proof all over this room. All over this room are people that had lives in ruins and have had a Friday experience and then engaged with God in a resurrection process to have the ruined lives, the broken place of the life restored. Am I right, church? A lot of people in this room, come on, where are you at, that have had their life brought back to life from ruins and destruction. So don't just take my word for it. Don't just take my word for it because, come on, preacher, that's a, that's, a, that's a Resurrection Sunday message. You have to say that. Can I tell you? Don't take my word for it. Take the four people on the screen's word for it earlier. Take Marshall's word for it. He just described it himself. Take Vanessa's word for it. Josh's word for it. Take Katrina's word for it. How her life was in ruins and God come through resurrection power, brought her into a process, and God has made something beautiful out of a life that once laid in ruins. And only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can do that, and he wants to do that. We saw that earlier. I want to give you more this morning than just an Easter message. I want to give you an invitation to go on the journey that we all just cheered about, that you saw on the screen through the four people, on the journey to see lives rebuilt, to see the ruin of your lives brought back to life. That's really what this church is all about. It's not just a service that we have here. That's not just our heart and our hope. It's not just an event, but we exist to take people on a journey through resurrection power to have the broken places in their lives and their marriages and their families to be rebuilt and and, and made into something beautiful by the power of God. We exist so people can find the support and things that they need so the ruins of their life can be brought back to life. And I believe that's what Jesus was all about. There's a passage of scripture where Jesus went to the temple and he went where the Old Testament scrolls scrolls were stored and he went there and dug through the Old Testament scrolls and he found one from Isaiah 61, the one he wanted, and he got it. It's a prophetic passage of scripture. And he unrolled the the scroll and he began to read it to all those gathered there. And he read it and he said, today this is fulfilled, or this is what I came to do. He said, this is fulfilled in me. I came to fulfill this prophecy, he said. Basically, I'm alive and I can make this happen in your life. I want to read that passage so we can see the spiritual progression through resurrection power and so we can take the same steps. Isaiah 61 verse 1 says this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. The good news is the gospel. The good news is the message of forgiveness and repentance. The good news is that your sins have been paid for. And he says to the poor, he's not talking about people that are are broke with no money. He's talking about people that are broke spiritually, people that are broke emotionally, people that are broke in their soul. He's talking about, I came to everybody that could not afford to pay the price for their sin, in other words, and I came to bring them the good news. He's saying, I came to give them a Friday experience. 
But then he goes on to say this as you follow the passage out. He says, he has sent me, God has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring healing, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. He says, I didn't come just so people could have a Friday experience, not just so people could get saved. I came so they could be healed and restored and delivered and rebuilt and find freedom for the life that they have still to live on this earth. He says, so after you have this Friday moment, then you can begin the process by which all things that have been broken or hurt can be healed. Goes on to say this, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He's saying this, that you can sense. He's basically saying, I came so that you can live a life in a process of resurrection power so you can sense God working on your behalf. So you can sense and feel God's with you. You're not alone. So you can feel God's moving in the midst of circumstances. And he goes on to say this, and the day of vengeance of our God. So when the enemy comes after you, he's saying, God will defend you. God will rise up against the enemy, the demonic forces. So you can sense God working in your life. Listen, it's the process of the resurrection power. So as you live life out, he's healing you, restoring you, freeing you. You sense God moving in your life. And when the enemy comes in and he will, he's there to fight the fight for you. He's there to defend it for you. And then to comfort all who mourn. It goes on to say this, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow, now listen to this phrase, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. I've come to rebuild the broken, burnt down places in your life. I've come to restore to something beautiful that you have found broken and hurtful and in pain. He says it doesn't stop with the salvation experience, not the Friday. It's the Sunday experience of resurrection power that come and to rebuild your life again to something amazing and great, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And look on what it says, goes on to say. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord in the dis- for the display of his honor. They'll be called oaks of righteousness. Do you realize that he wants to take a broken, ruined life and turn it into something beautiful and amazing so you can be an oak of righteousness, so you can be a pillar? I may say it this way, so what you see right here standing in front of you, what you saw on the screen, who you see on the stage, you know what, those were broken, ruined lives at one point that had a Friday night experience and then began a process of resurrection power and now God put them as pillars or oaks of righteousness in place to be a blessing to people. When you see people on this stage, the 30 people, you know what they are? They were broken, ruined lives, restored by the power of God and rebuilt to something beautiful so they can be an oak of righteousness, displaying the splendor of God. When it says displaying the splendor of God, it says, so people will look at Don, people will look at Cody, people will look at Katrina, and they won't see Don, Cody, and Katrina. They'll say, look what God can do to a broken, ruined life. Look what God can do to a person that's hurt and broken, and that allows the process of a Sunday experience of the resurrection power to bring restoration, healing, and something beautiful, that which was broken. That's what Sunday's about, the Sunday experience. The result is broken, ruined things are now called oaks of righteousness. And you can look all over the place. Out in the parking lot, you saw oaks of righteousness that were once ruined lives. When you dropped your kids off in the children's ministry, you saw oaks of righteousness that were once ruined lives. When you were looking for a seat in here and there's people in blue shirts, you saw oaks of righteousness that were once broken lives. When you look at people on the cameras, you saw oaks of righteousness were once ruined lives. One time their lives were in a state of ruins and now they're pillars in the church. They went from people with no hope to oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. In other words, we look at them and say, only God can do that. Only God 
He not only saves you, he not only heals you, he not only restores you back to something beautiful, but God wants to use you. It says this in verse four. And they will, they will, the ones who once had broken, ruined lives, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Who will? People that had broken, ruined lives because of the resurrection power, engaging God in this process, that not only find salvation, but find healing and find God rebuilding a life. So now they will be people that will help rebuild other people's lives. That's the power of resurrection power. I love that. I'm not just saying to you, Easter's, I'm, I'm just saying to you, Easter's not an event. It's an invitation to a process where God wants to rebuild and restore your life. An invitation to a process God wants to rebuild and restore your life where ruins can come back to life. Okay, the question is then how? Great question. I'm glad you asked it. Let me give you four things out of this passage to consider. Four things out of this passage to consider. And and let me start by saying this, because we all are in a state without Christ, we're all in a state of dying, physically, obviously, but spiritually, emotionally, relationally, that's just life. But God wants to reverse that from going life to death to go from death to life. And so let me say this, the the deepest thing you'll hear this morning, the thing hopefully that you'll take away with, I just wanted to say this, lock in for just one second, listen to me right now, stop dying! Stop dying! He paid the price! And they provided resurrection power in you, for you. Stop dying. It's time to make a decision right here, right now. Don't put it off. Why put it off? Why go from life to death when you can reverse it and go from death to life because of resurrection power? Amen? You can reverse it today. From ruins to beauty, let God change your life. C.S. Lewis said this in the Chronicles of Narnia, Easter is death working backwards. Jesus is the only one who can take your current decay and turn it into something beautiful. All you have to do is give him your life. Praise God if you believe that. And I've seen it a thousand times, amen? Praise God, I've seen it a thousand times. Amen. So what's the catch? Because there's gotta be a catch. It sounds great, what's the catch? And there is, Jesus tells us what the catch is. John 11, 25 through 26, Jesus says this. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? He says the catch is believing. The catch is believing. Do you believe this? That's all it takes. You don't have to join a church. You don't have to be more religious. You don't have to be fanatical. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for you to give him your life with all your imperfections. He's just looking for you to believe. And a lot of us have already had experienced that part of the journey, but there's another part. He wants to save you, but he's got to heal those broken places that we all have. So stop dying and number two, start rebuilding. Start rebuilding. You can do that today. Rebuilding is a process. It's not just a one-time event. We want you to come back and get in some processes that will help you. Can I tell you, we're not looking to see how many people we can get here this Sunday on Easter Sunday in our services. We're not looking to see how many people we can get in these chairs. We're looking to see how many people we can get back next week and then next week after that and experience water baptism and then experience growth tracks so they can find their, why they're on the planet and experience small groups so they can support each other in their growth because it's a process, not just a one-time event. It's a process of rebuilding. This church exists not just to see people saved, but then to help people rebuild the broken places of their life. 
rebuild their marriages, rebuild their families. Easter's not how many people we can see in service, but how many people will come back and start a journey. Get on a journey. If you get in the process and you'll see God take the ruins of your life and supernaturally put them back together. See, the grace of God is not just available to save you. The grace will meet you where you're at, but it will never leave you where it found you. It wants to take you on a journey of healing, restoring, and rebuilding. But it doesn't just stop there. God wants to be the person and help the person whose life is ruined, whose marriage is ruined, family's ruined. He wants to rebuild your life. And he he doesn't want just to save you and heal you. He wants to turn it into something beautiful. But many people don't believe that. So stop dying, start rebuilding, and stop doubting. Stop doubting. Listen, you can be an oak of righteousness. I don't care what you've done. I care what he's done. That's greater than what you've done. Resurrection power, there's no greater power available. I don't care what people have said to you. I don't care what you believe. I believe what the word says. And God says through resurrection power, you can be an oak of righteousness. You can make a difference. Your life can be rebuilt and restored, and then you can be a blessing and help other people. Quit doubting, stop doubting. Oh, Pastor, are you serious? Katrina, are you serious? Cody, are you serious? Only God can take our brokenness and make it beautiful again. See, I know that's what he's done in my life because there was a time that my life was in ruins. I mean, I stand before you now and I think back to the day, 1920, and decisions I've made, and can I tell you, it was not a, a place I want to ever go back to, but you know, I graduated 1986 from New Braunfels High School. Go fight unicorns, come on, we believe. <laughs> it's not a myth. <laughs> Anyways, so I, so I graduated 86, but then I was going to college trying to figure out life, and I wasn't a great student, and I was really insecure in a way. I, I was a shy person, so I went and just started on a journey that took me to seven different colleges and universities. Yeah, I was on a tour. Yeah, it was great. It was a, and then people ask me, like, you went to seven? I'm like, yes, yeah, the perfect number in the Bible. What's your problem? Okay. But I was just, I would fail here and I would go somewhere else and I would feel insecure here and I would be fearful here and I would go somewhere else. And, and I remember going, I, my first semester I went to UTSA and then I was just, that was terrible. I did terrible there. So I transferred to Southwest Texas. Come on, I'm still calling it SWT. I don't care, Texas State stuff, right? That's way back in the day. And I remember getting in, just transferring into there. I had to take a class called Effective Learning. No, seriously, I had to take this class where they lined, the first day of class, they lined all, all the college students in the class up from tallest to smallest. And then we paired up smallest with tallest and on down the line. And then we had to find out about each other. And then our first class was spending introducing our new friend to the class. Can I tell you, I made a bad grade in that class. I just, I don't know what was happening there. And so I just, and then I went to take a speech class because I had to have a speech class and I failed miserably. Did I just hear you laughing, mom? Okay. What's that? What is that? Okay. And then I, so I failed a speech class at, at Southwest Texas, at Texas State, because I was afraid to get in front of people. So I took a speech class at SAC. I thought, well, maybe it's going to be easier, but I still had to get in front of people. Figure that one out, right? It's like, how are they going to do that? And I begged the professor to let me pass. Please give me the grade I need to pass. I didn't do any of my speeches but one. I did the last speech. And I, and I, and I begged him to pass. And, I, and the last speech, he gave me a passing grade. And it was because of, not because of my speech, but because I did a speech on what my job was at the time. And nobody had ever heard of that job that I had. And they were fascinated by that job that I had. And I know you're wondering what job was that. And I'm going to tell you, but don't laugh. 
I was an armadillo wrangler, okay? <laughs> Seriously. No, it really is. Can I tell you, in first service, someone met me in, in the gathering place, and I knew him. I hadn't seen him in a long time. He was an armadillo wrangler, too. We kind of had this one moment right there, right? This kind of special moment between us, armadillo wranglers, right? Kind of reunion. And so it's like, and so no one ever heard that before. So the, the, I begged the professor because it was so interesting. People asked so many questions. He gave me a passing grade. I just want to tell mom, you're still laughing. Come on, that's hurting me. All right. And it's like this. It's, it's like, it's like and, and then here, years and years and years later, God is looking for someone to stand in a church, to lead a church in front of thousands of people over time. And of all people, he picked the insecure, speech class failing, armadillo wrangler to stand in front of people. Come on. And it's, and it's not because I'm a great person or I'm a great speaker or I'm a, I'm a great pastor. It's because he is a great God. And he is a God that restores broken and ruined lives to something beautiful. He'll take your life. And can I tell you, the reason why I failed those classes is because I was afraid to speak in front of people. I would have panic attacks. I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. I had panic attacks, and I wouldn't do that. The only thing I was afraid more of speaking, getting in front of people and speaking was armadillos. And it's just like, it's like I, what, am I, what am I gonna do? I, I, I picked speaking. But anyway, so it's, like, it's this thing that God wants to do in your life. He can use anybody. Resurrection power says anything and anyone can be rebuilt. And I finally wanna say this. God sees greatness in you that you cannot even see in yourself. Let him show it to you. And let me close with this last one. Then stop dying, start rebuilding, stop doubting, and then start living. Start living. This is really what it's all about, is living again. That he wants to rebuild your life so you can live. What is living? Living is a broken, messed up life that is now teaching a bunch of kids in the nursery. Living is a broken, messed up life that's in a blue shirt helping you find a seat. Living is a broken, messed up life that's on stage singing unto the Lord to help lead us into a place of worship. Uh, Living is a broken, messed up life that's standing in a booth working dials and knobs that make no sense to me so you can all hear and so it can be streamed. Living is a broken, messed up life that's standing before you today delivering a message about God's power to rebuild ruined lives. That's living. He will use your life through resurrection power if you'll trust him in a process to make the ruined places of your life beautiful again. And that's living. You know what living is? Let me finish the, here's what living is, the, the, the story, the, the Heidelberg Castle story. They never rebuilt it again, and they have part of it that's, you know, a place that you can go see everything. But you know what happened was, later, later years, that they took many of the stones from the ruins and, and built a new castle in Mannheim, another city. And then many of the old uh, houses and stores and shops there in Heidelberg, they used the stones to rebuild it. You know what living is? Allowing God to use the places that were broken and ruined in your life that he's restored and rebuilt and allowing you to help somebody else rebuild their life. Allowing the broken things in your life that God is restoring and rebuilding to make beautiful again, to reach out to somebody else and help rebuild the broken places of their life. That's the story of resurrection power. Oh, we celebrate and we love the Friday experience because without it, the resurrection is not there, but we thank, we're thankful for what happened on the Friday, but man, we celebrate the resurrection power, God's power to rebuild our broken, ruined lives to something beautiful. I want you to know this from my heart when I, when I talk about this. I want to make this statement that I don't want you to come in here because I think churches do this way too much, how bad people are how bad your life is if you're living in sin and how, how bad all that. And, and in the context of this message, I, I mean, how, ba- who, how bad is life? And you quit sinning and quit doing these things. And you need to stop that. You need to do that. Churches do that way too. Can I, can I tell you? Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. 
He came to make dead people alive. He came to make dead people alive. And in the resurrection power, then we can rebuild the broken places together. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.